all good. And, and uh, anyway, just thank God for the Internet. You know, it's funny. Every time some new technology comes out, somebody in the church curses it and says it's the devil. But uh, um, I remember uh, reading of Amy Semple McPherson, who founded Angelus Temple and um, the Foursquare denomination. She was the second person in the United States to apply for a FCC license for a radio station. And uh, the there was discussion, you know, about the technology. And most of the church world was condemning the radio, saying it's going to be a tool of the devil. Well, uh, she said, well, if the devil can use it to preach propaganda, I can use it to preach the gospel. Yeah. So that's the way we need to think. Amen. Yeah. People say, oh, that Internet's bad. There's pornography and everything on there. Listen, folks, you know, uh, there's bad stuff everywhere. If you want bad stuff, you don't have to look too far to find it. But uh, what the devil intended for evil, we'll just turn it around for good and and, uh, and use it to, to preach the gospel with. Amen? I know that I've been reading about some of the... Uh, I saw a thing uh, in, in Portland... Yesterday, how many seen Portland has been in the news? And but I saw a thing yesterday that uh, there's a worship leader guy that's gathered. You don't have to gather. You don't have to work too hard to gather a crowd. They're already there. He just he just set up on the other side of the square uh, by the waterfront and started singing gospel songs and preaching the gospel. And now they got hundreds being saved out of that. So you know, sometimes what we see is the devil just raging. If somebody with a little bit of leading and a little bit of uh, gumption, or what, <laughs> you know what they say, uh, intestinal fortitude, just stand up to that and and use it as an opportunity to preach the gospel. Yeah. You know the gospel is is uh, irresistible. Praise the Lord. Yeah. All right. Am I okay on my mic? Am I on and everything? All right. We'll proceed to the message, which I'm pretty excited about. I want you to look at Ephesians 3, and uh, we're going to begin um, at verse 8. Now, I'm calling this the consequences of grace. Um, Pastor Scarlett and I were, were just sitting on our back porch yesterday and, and just talking about some things of, of the Lord. And um, I um, I had her read Ephesians uh, 3.20 from the classic Amplified. I don't like the new Amplified, but the classic Amplified. And uh, the word consequences is in there. We're going to go over that very, very uh clearly, but I thought about the word consequences. You know, consequences just means that there's an outcome. There's going to be an outcome. And uh, if you're talking about legal things, uh, it's just an automatic outcome, right? In other words, we think of the word consequences often in terms of something negative happening. Well, in the church world, we've certainly had a full dose of being preached to about the consequences of sin. The consequences of sin. You can sin if you want to. You're free choice, free will, but there's consequences. How many believe that? I believe that. The Bible says that the wages of sin uh, is death. 
and uh, it's a it's a it's a kind of a death that's it's it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna you you commit a sin you're gonna drop dead on your porch, but there's a spiritual death that begins to occur, and uh, we we've all heard those messages, and oftentimes when they're preached, people really like it and say, well, that was really really something. But what if we look at from what Paul is saying here? What about on the positive side, the consequences of grace? What about the consequences or the outcome of the automatic outcome of what Jesus did for us at the cross? So that as believers, we shouldn't be so sin focused and sin conscious. Does sin have to be addressed? Yeah, it's in the, it's a Bible topic, isn't it? And we have to address it. So a lot of grace folks don't even want you to use the word sin to say, well, don't even talk about it. Well, we have to talk about it because it's in the Bible. And we have to deal with it. But yet, on the other hand, we don't want to become sin conscious and not righteousness conscious. So Paul said clearly that it was God's desire by that new covenant, you know, that you find so clearly laid out in the book of Hebrews, by that new covenant, um, he didn't want us under the old because it makes us sin conscious. The law is the strength of sin. It's the strength of condemnation. So, as believers that are following the Lord... See, I, I don't like preaching that's always to the lowest common denominator. You know, a lot of preaching, the church is doing pretty good. You got one scoundrel that's living like the devil, and so everybody gets the message to that one guy that won't straighten up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So we always go to the lowest common denominator and the lowest level and make everybody else feel condemned when it's just that one dude that needs to be talked to probably after the service in the pastor's office. And everybody else gets beat over the head. But praise God, I believe that we have a congregation here and online that loves the Lord, that loves the Word, that wants to do the right thing, that wants to follow the Holy Spirit, that wants a holy home and a holy life and a holy marriage and wants the things of God the way that the Word has. So, let's talk from that standpoint, grow up a bit, amen? Have big people's church for once. Instead of always talking like we're at a youth camp, and we're going to join hands at the end and sing Kumbaya and roast s'mores. uh, And talk about teenage angst. But I would rather treat the congregation like it's all grown up, you know, and everything. Like we know how to lace our shoes and all that. Praise the Lord. Uh, in other words, enough of the condescension. You know, say, well, I know some adults that are not doing right. Well, pray for them. Praise the Lord. How are you going to pray? Well, the Bible, are you going to pray the way we sang today? The goodness of God is what draws men's hearts to repentance. Not beating them over the head with the rules. Praise the Lord. Preach, Pastor David. All right. Now, this is, uh, we're going to go to verse 20. 
But first I want you to see this. Uh, in just one verse before in verse 8. Ephesians 3, 8. Let's look at verse 8. Uh, to me, now this, this is what we're talking about here. When we're talking about grace, we're talking about a gift, right? It, it was a gift that God thought up and God paid for. All right. We, we didn't earn it. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. We can't do enough to get God to twist His arm to give it to us. He already gave it to us. While we, when did He give it to us? While we were still sinners. Alright, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, isn't that something the Apostle Paul saying that? Uh, God's consecrated people. What are saints? Well, you can get a book of saints at the Catholic bookstore. Well, that's one kind of saint, I guess. But the Bible says that a saint is God's consecrated people. So if you're one of God's consecrated people, you're a saint. Amen. Say, I'm a saint. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a saint. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it's easier for me to call Scarlet a saint than for her to call me one. Praise the Lord. But she says it in faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. God's consecrated people. This grace. Look at those words that go with grace. Favor and privilege. Woo! Now that's not talking about privilege in the way the world thinks of it, and negative. We're talking about privileged in God's kingdom. We're privileged because of His grace. Hallelujah. Was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending. This is the part I want you to see about um, God's riches. To proclaim to the Gentiles, that means those without a covenant, the unending, boundless, boundless, there's no boundary, fathomless, you can't find the bottom. See, Christians shouldn't talk like, well, we've about hit bottom. Well, not if you're in Christ, you can't find the bottom. The devil will say, here's the bottom. See, you're still looking at it, and you're heading for it. Head first. You need to tell him you're a liar. The Bible says that God's blessings are fathomless. Can't find the bottom. Well, glory. Incalculable. Incalculable. Well, that's a ten-cent word right there, isn't it? In, don't you love English? Incalculable. You gotta shake your head to say that one. You're gonna sling it out there. I don't think we had that in school in Georgia, did we? Scarlet, that word? We didn't go that far. And, uh, exhaustless. Exhaustless. Woo! Careful, I'm gonna have a Pentecostal fit. Well, we're about out of money. You know, 
I, can you imagine the churches get up talking like that? Well, we're about out of money. Well, get saved, pastor. You can quit talking like that. Well, I'll show you the books. We don't care. This is the books. <laughs> Woo! We're getting ready for camp meeting, aren't we? We'll just shout the whole way this week. We ought to make this shout week. Shout over all the blessings of God. Exhaustless. Exhaustless. Riches. Not bare provisions. Just what you only need. And no more. <laughs> no, riches. That means more than enough, doesn't it? More than enough. Extra. All that you can possibly use and want and, and need and want and then plenty left over to bless other people with. Glory to God. Wouldn't you like to be that person that sees somebody they need a new car and you can just go buy it for them? And without it hurting you at all. Wouldn't that just be great? A lot of times people say, well, well, I, uh, you know, I don't really, I don't really want all that much. I don't, I know what I need. Well, don't be selfish about it. If you know how to believe God and can see increase, then say, Lord, if you'll increase me, I'll be the biggest blessing to the church that anybody's ever seen. I'll be the biggest blessing to, to needy folk or whatever, somebody that you bring into my life. Amen. Glory to God. We don't want to be like uh, Judas, you know, who talked one thing and did another. He talked more on poverty, and then he turned around and was... He didn't want the money used up because he had his hand in the bag. He was... He was... Um, he was stealing. He was the first church clerk to steal from the, from the thing. I remember, <laughs> I remember, uh, we have some friends, we have some friends in the ministry out west and they said that one day the, they had a church van, you know, that went around and picked up folks that couldn't get to church and courtesy van, you know, and somebody was driving it. And so, um, he told the pastor's wife, he said, he said, uh, pastor, he said, the, we need to fill up the, the van with gas. And so she, um, she gave him one of the churches, you know, like a debit, debit card, you know, to go fill it up. So he put in $25 and it wouldn't accept the card. And she said, well, that's ridiculous. There's, you know, there's like, you know, tens of thousand, 30 something thousand dollars in the bank. You know, in just the regular operating account. And, uh, said, well, I don't know, something with the card. Well, anyway, they covered it. Monday morning, she went to the bank and said, I need to see a printout of our account. Printed it out and they were in the hole like $52. The church clerk had been stealing all the money. <laughs> and then producing fake, uh, you know, what do you call it? When you get a statement. Yeah. Bank statements, just completely, uh, 
all fake and had been stealing and said, well, she had some needs needed to be taken care of. Praise, can you imagine that? Well, they didn't put her in jail. They could have. They just fired her. You can't have somebody like that handling the money, can you? That's ridiculous. But can, can you imagine that? Thought, had all this and then it's all gone. So it took them a while to recoup it, but now they're doing really well and God's blessed them. And I don't know what I told that for. Great story, actually. Anyway, stuff happens. Yes, it happens in Oh, I, w- I know, I was saying Judas was the first church clerk to steal all the money. And that's why he was so interested in it. Uh, anyway, it says there, uh, the uh, riches of Christ, riches of Christ, riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out. Let's go to the next verse. Also to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan. What's the plan? We got a plan here. Regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men of the mystery kept hidden through the ages and concealed. But until now, people go, well, it's all a mystery, isn't it? You never know what the Lord's going to do. Well, that's not what it says. Ding dong. Read. Concealed until now. Until now. It was concealed. It's no longer concealed. Now means it's not concealed, right? Praise God. I mean, I went to school in Georgia and I figured that out. In the, in the mind of God, who created all things, by Christ Jesus. Woo! I love the concept of the inexhaustible, unsearchable, fathomless riches of God. If that's not enough, we have verse 20, which is, which is where we're gonna go now. Let's go to 20. Now, this is what's so cool. Is it's now to him, who by, and, and see, we'll just read over this if we're not careful. I've been reading over this for years. And until yesterday, it kind of hit me in the face, that word consequence. Now, and I knew it was there and understood it, but it just, there was a fresh revelation that came. That's why I'm sharing it with you. Okay. Praise God. Now, in consequence of, what does it mean there's a consequence? You can, if you do this, there's going to be an outcome. Right? The consequence, the consequence of promiscuity might produce a baby, right? I'm just saying. Right? The, the consequence of committing a crime is going to be prison or something or death. The consequence of lying and stealing. You know, we understand the word consequence. There could be consequences. If you do this, there's going to be consequences. But here it's used as a positive word. Consequence, meaning an outcome that's going to, you're going to like it. C. 
So we don't have to stand. This so sets me free. You have no idea. We don't have to stand before God and beg for his blessings, beg for him, his help. Won't you help me? Won't you help me? Won't you help me? Won't you help me? We don't have to do that and just hope that he bestows enough favor to flick a mercy drop, you know, off the mercy drops around us are falling yet for the showers we plead. Well, we can stop pleading because he's already done it. I love a lot of old songs. I don't love them all. Some people say, don't you just love all the old songs? No. Not all of them because they're not scriptural. Any more than saying, do you love all the new songs? No. Because some of them are stupid. Obviously written by stupid people. Next week I'm going to tell you how I really feel. Not hold anything back. At least people that don't have a Bible, they don't have a Bible or something. Or it's in a foreign language they can't read. I don't know. But there, there has, with every generation, there's been songs that have been written that I believe they're singing them in heaven. I believe they're anointed. And I believe that they're just, they just, every time you sing them, they bring an anointing. You know, like the blood will never lose its power. You can't sing that and not get blessed. How great thou art, you know, some of the ones. But, you know, you, there, there's other songs that are, are not really great. They're just not. Well, that one, oh, that was Mama's favorite. I just blessed her. Okay. It doesn't change the words. So if you change, some of them you change the words, tweak it a little, and you can kind of sing it. How many know what I mean? You know, you just can't just sing everything. All right. But there is a consequence, and we don't have to be begging, because this is an automatic consequence to that action. Like we understand an automatic consequence to, like, drinking Drano or something. (laughs) It's going to be bad. It's automatic. And if somebody says, I don't know how this happened, well, what were you thinking? What's going to happen, right? Or if you stole something, or you lied, or you did something, you know. But my mother, um, when she she said when she became pregnant with, you know, with me as a baby, she they had told her because remember she had had cancer, and they told her don't don't ever try to get pregnant because she won't be able to carry the baby. We'll have to deal with you know whatever. And so she went in there and. She, they, she was having symptoms of pregnancy symptoms. And they said, well, you're pregnant. You know, you, you're, you're pregnant. And she said, I don't, I don't know how in the world that happened. Well, she meant by faith because of the healing. They said, Mrs. Horton, we, we, we are not confused here at this clinic as to how you became pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Every woman becomes pregnant the same way. <laughs> so there are consequences to actions, right? But there's also good consequences, praise the Lord. Good consequences. Good outcomes. 
having a baby can be a good outcome or it might not be such a blessing. Depends on what the circumstances are. But anyway, we have a, uh, a good consequence here. And God Himself, the Bible says that He put His Word above His name. And He created His own consequences for Himself by this new covenant. You know what it was? He could no longer condemn people quoting Moses' law at them. I've had church of God, woo, glory, people say to me, you better be careful telling us what God can do and not do. I said, well, if God doesn't keep his word, he's a liar like anybody else. I said that and a guy just went like this. I ain't standing near you. I said, if that's not true, let me be struck with lightning right now. God wants us to believe his word. He wants us to believe that He is good for it. This religious tripe that's got us scared of even reminding God of, of what He said in His Word is of the devil. It's antichrist. It, 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 it's, it's against you being a child of God. It makes you a beggar in the house of the Lord. It's wrong, wrong, wrong. You understand? It's what Martin Luther, that's the reason he had to do what he did, was to overcome that stuff right there. Because the church would not let people say they were sons and daughters of God. All you are is a sinner and a beggar and you better pay the thing and get grandma out of purgatory. And, you know, some people, the in the the revolution, it should have been called that. The reformation were willing to stand up to that bad doctrine. And here that bad doctrine is still in the world today. It's in the church world. If you're not careful, it'll get in your thinking. Why do I harp on this so much? Because it's so prevalent. Yes, keep saying that. So, look at this. <laughs> the consequence of the action of his power that is currently at work within us. And there's a consequence. And the consequence there's a consequence to God in that in that how he deals with us he doesn't deal with us he said in Hebrews the same way that he did the forefathers in the desert remember so you better be careful you don't mess with God he'll slap you down but I want you to see that we don't have to live like that that we can live in faith that there's a consequence. And the consequence is we've been adopted. Now let me tell you about adoptions. There's consequences to adoptions. When you go through the paperwork and it's all said and done, that baby is yours. 
and warts and all. And whatever medical needs it has from its real DNA, you got to deal with it. Amen? Emotional problems, mental problems, whatever, uh, tendencies, uh, strong-willed, uh, whatever it is, there's consequences. It's yours. Guess what? God was willing to assume all of our stuff to make us His children. Uh, woo! Without condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Alright. So He says here, this consequence. Guess what? There's a consequence to the devil too. <laughs> a consequence to God. A consequence to us. We're children of God. We have all the blessings. We're partakers of the divine nature. We're in the family, warts and all. Us and our other weird cousins. Sometimes we talk about people and the preachers and people of the body of Christ. They, my God, can you imagine how crazy they are? They say, yeah, they're related to us. <laughs> according to the word. <laughs> so, how many know that in a natural family, you're liable to have one or two wackos? Loose cannons. Well, we have that in the family of God, too. We just got to pray for them. Amen? Not get all upset. Well, my Lord, you ever never seen anybody act like that? Yeah, you have. You've acted like that yourself. <laughs> Praise God! I'm excited. Ah, glory! Lock the back of the pews. These are bolted down. They might not go anywhere. Uh, so that the devil has a consequence too. And you know what his consequence is? He no longer has power over us. He no longer can quote Moses' law at us and condemn us. He no longer can can walk all over us, and and uh, and and uh, he no longer has the right because the blood's over our door. He can't come in and bring the curse. Consequences to God, consequences to the devil, consequences to the believer. And there's consequences to the world because of it, because. The whole world uh, can be saved through Christ. And we are the salt of the earth. And as badly as these one world antichrist wackies, wackos, want to try to get the world moving along down the timeline to the time of the antichrist, the antichrist can't do one thing about it as long as the consequences of the finished work are still active on the earth. And as long as the church is here, we are the salt of the earth. (laughs) Praise God. Isn't that right? I shouldn't be doing that with COVID, I suppose. Anyway, sorry. All right, I'll be I'll be on the CNN. 
pastor spits at people during COVID crisis. Uh, the action of his power that is at work within us and is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Well, I don't know about this abundance message. Well, how about the super abundant message? That's even more exciting. <laughs> super abundantly. How, how much is that? Here's how much that is. Far over and above all that we dare ask or think. There's the dare and the word again. I dare you to think bigger than, I dare you to think of something too big for God to, to deal with. I dare you to try and think of something too great that God can't meet the need. Infinitely. That means there's no end. Beyond our highest prayers. I love that. I especially love that for Word of Faith people for some reason. But our highest prayers on the day that you prayed your highest prayer with the most unction and the most anointing, you knew that the Holy Spirit hooked up with you and you were praying utterances that could not be uttered in articulate speech, but was only groaning and, the, and only God understood and it got Chinese sounding and, uh, and everything, you know, went wing-wingy. Praise God at your highest prayer. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it was your greatest day of prayer on your holiest day that you'd lived for God with the most anointing. And you couldn't even get off the floor for three hours for the prayer. It was so amazing. Above that prayer. You see my point? You see, you all, all know why I'm thinking on that, right? You know, Our highest prayers. Our highest desires. That means it's alright to have one. Calvinism actually teaches you that it's even, it's better if you don't have a desire. Just let the Lord bring to you life as it comes. It's called Kesara Sarah. What cult are you joined? Oh, I'm in the Kesara Sarah group. Whatever will be, will be. So I don't even have to think. Here, you can donate my brain to science. Put it in the jar that says Abbey Normal. You know, anyway. Here, we seem to indicate that it seems to be okay with God if we think. <laughs> Imagine that. Ask or think. Infinitely beyond. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers. Well, we know it's alright to pray. Desires. I don't know about that, Brother David. You gotta be careful with desires. What if the Lord doesn't want you to have it? Quack, 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 quack. The church duck has spoken again. Thoughts. We can have thoughts. 
hope. What's wrong with hoping for better? What's wrong with hoping? How many hope that 21, 2021 is a little better than 2020? Well, you just never know. You know, there's always a Debbie Downer. Eeyore the donkey. Well, things tend to get worse before they get better. You know, they have that face that, well, praise God, let's just go ahead and order the casket and have the funeral now. Why waste money? It's half price week. When my grandfather passed away, my grandmother was in the funeral home in uh, South Georgia town, Fitzgerald. She walked in there, and at the end of it all, he said, well, I hope to see you again soon. She said, don't say that to me. I don't want to be in this place. She rebuked the funeral home director. From that family, they need to be rebuked. All right. Infinitely beyond. Infinitely beyond. Infinitely beyond. It's beyond. You can't find the end of it. Our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Go to the next verse. Now, to Him be glory. We're gonna, we're gonna praise this. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So be it. So be what? So be what we just read. Now, this is where it gets fun. If you'll, if you'll do what Pastor Scarlett has been telling us to do now for a long time, if you'll get yourself a dream board, or maybe your refrigerator could be a dream board if you have enough magnets to stick it on. Or duct, or, you know, uh, I wouldn't duct tape a refrigerator. That might be tacky looking. I have seen that done before though. Uh, I've seen cars duct taped. But, um, and it's good to go. It's duct taped faster. But, um, you know, make if, if if you if you don't want to do a board, at least get a notebook and call it your dream book, and write in there things you'd like to see God do that are beyond your resources to bring it about. See, stretch your faith, stretch your hope, and that includes doing things for other people. I would like to. To, I would like to bless this person with thus and so. Or I would like to bless the church with this. I would like to be able to, you know, whatever it is. Amen? And, uh, and also for yourself. And say, Lord, here's my desire, my highest and best desire right here. Here it is. Now, Unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above my best and highest thought and prayer. And then watch the Lord go to work. He will shock you every time. Amen. All right, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. That's enough preaching on that. We can do more some other time. Lord, we thank you and praise you for this truth. 
We thank you, Lord, for your love, for your mercy, for your grace, for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And bringing these things to pass, we thank you that you've put your word above your name, and we do the same. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God.